Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. As always, for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast and tell others about it and help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that. Thank you so much. For those of y'all who continue to financially support the podcast over on Patreon, extremely grateful for that as well. So thank you. We have some, I think, Sandhill Cranes. Ah, that's not right. But we've got some birds that are certainly flying back north right now. I don't know if y'all could hear them in the background or not. Cloud cover's kind of low, so. And then, of course, you can hear the guineas in the background, just in case, you know, anybody forgot about them. We got some, quite a bit of work done in the garden recently. My youngest and I came back out and planted a second batch of onions. We'll see if they take. We had some left over. I'm not real sure they're going to make it and get too hot too quickly. And uh, planted some seedlings. A lot of the fruit trees look good. I think all of them but two apple trees are budding out. So that's encouraging. Because uh, we did lose a couple. We, and the dogs are very interested in what the cattle are doing. They got put up in this paddock by us. Last few days. By accident actually. But I think it's going to work out pretty well. But anyway. The dogs aren't real sure what to think of that right now. They're not used to them being this close to the house. <sighs> and I think that's about it folks. Father, thank you for this time to record the podcast. Thank you for the people that listen to it and share it. Thank you for the time that you've given us as a nation to turn back to you. Thank you for your spirit, for your encouragement, for the perseverance you give us, for the hope that you give us through your son, Jesus Christ. Forgive us our sins, Lord. Forgive us when we make other things a priority over you. When we don't follow the commands of your son, Jesus Christ, and choose our own selfish ways instead of yours. God, our steps, God, our nation, be with those who lead us, be with those who protect us, our law enforcement, our military, firefighters, those down on the border, those overseas, bring them home safe to their families. Help us to turn back to you as a nation, Father. Guide my words today and each day on the podcast. Help me to speak only the words that you want me to. In your son's name we pray. Amen. I really had intended to move on from Benjamin Rush and go back into the Mayhew sermon. But we're going to spend a couple more days, I think, on this, these essays from the I think most of them are from the late 1700s, 80s, 90s, Benjamin Rush, particularly about education, because he was 
such a proponent of public education early on. And I'm trying to find, there we go. Uh, so this is his section titled Of the Mode of Education Proper in a Republic. Uh, it's page 14. I cannot help bearing a testimony in this place against the custom which prevails in some parts of America, but which is daily follow, falling into disuse in Europe of crowding boys together under one roof for the purpose of education. The practice is the gloomy remains of monkish ignorance and is as unfavorable to the improvements of the mind in useful learning as monasteries are to the spirit of religion. I grant this mode of secluding boys from the intercourse of private families has a tendency to make them scholars, but our business is to make them men, citizens, and Christians. The vices of young people are generally learned from each other. The vices of adults seldom infect them. By separating them from each other, therefore, in their hours of relaxation from study, we secure their morals from a principal source of corruption, while we improve their manners by subjugating them to those restraints which the difference of age and sex naturally produce in private families. This is a huge point in a modern setting. So instead of boarding schools, replace that with public education today. And his sentiments ring particularly true. We've got to close the gate at the end of the road, just in case the cattle do decide to come into the yard and our puppy Lola and our kitten, Coco, have decided to come with me, but then they're off. They're gone. They actually play together pretty well. It's pretty interesting. I don't know how long that will last. The puppy is growing by leaps and bounds. So you replace boarding schools with public education. And here's how. Public schools today take them away from adults in general and the family and the church and really despite a seeming vast array of options for involvement public school really has a very narrow scope in some ways the way we've done it today again i, I can't help every time folks to say this because I get comments back online uh, from different places. Uh, and so at least if I say it, I know those people either haven't listened to all of my words or they have and they're just choosing to ignore them. Public education, like Benjamin Rush talks about here, public education is a necessity for a republic. We have to have a learned citizenry. The problem is the way we're executing it today. We have good administrators out there. We have good teachers out there. We have good counselors out there. Not all of them at all, folks. I'm not saying that, but they're not all bad either. 
And so the idea, I'm not pushing to get rid of the general education of our children at all. We have to have that. Oh, Lola picked on the wrong cat. The puppy dog picked on one of the tomcats and uh, he explained to her that he was not interested in plague. <laughs> so we have to have public education. I'm a huge proponent of public education, just not at all in the way we're running it today. So that said, we take children out of the influence of their families, especially the longer they're in public education. So you look at elementary and they're there. The children are there from probably most of them around 7.30 in the morning. And the times may shift depending on where you are in the country, folks. But the overall time is going to be pretty similar, if not longer. And they're there till sometime around 3.30 in the afternoon, right? So that's eight hours. If all they do is get dropped off by mom and picked up by mom or dad, mostly mom, but then if they ride the bus on top of that, that's another 30 minutes both ways, at least, if not an hour. So that's nine to 10 hours. And then as you get older, you go into junior high or middle school, intermediate, whatever you call it, wherever you are. Now you start to add in the extracurricular activities and you have a few of those in elementary. You have some plays, right, that they do and a very limited, maybe perhaps uh, school, uh, student council, but those extracurricular activities increase. And so now, say in junior high, now you're talking about the kids are involved with school for 10 to 12 hours most days. Then you get up to high school and you start talking about JV and varsity sports or band or art club, or Spanish club, you know, if they're involved in multiple things. And a large percentage of these students get to school sometime between 7 and 7.30 at the latest. A number of them get there even earlier than that. And they stay there until 5.30, 6, 6.30. And those are on normal days without games. Those are on just practice days, right? Those are on just just the regular practice that you've got to get. So now we're talking 12 hours, maybe 13 hours, just depending, right? And so you see this, what Rush, Benjamin Rush was concerned with as far as the boarding school is the vices of young people, he said, are generally learned from each other. The vices of adults seldom infect them. By separating them from each other, therefore, in their hours of relaxation from study, we secure their morals from a principal source of corruption while we improve their manners by subjugating them to those restraints which the difference of age and sex naturally produce in private families. So you look, one of the arguments today that has been around for quite a while for public school is socialization. Uh, you put kids around other kids from multiple different backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, and that develops a really good, well-rounded student, your traditional liberal arts education. And that's, I would argue that's true, but that's less and less what's happening today because we're 
so many facets. Uh, I, I can't even in one podcast begin to possibly address them all. But the bottom line is we are teaching to the lowest common denominator. Discipline is completely out the window, even in your really good school districts, because of the hypocrisy and segregation brought on by accommodations and special education, et cetera, et cetera. And so you have different classifications of students. They get special privileges, right? And so that lowers the overall discipline because you can't treat all the students the same. And so your socialization now takes on a really negative turn. And then you, you throw phones in, which, of course, Benjamin Rush didn't have to worry about in the late 1700s. And the phones have brought in a whole new window. So now you have all these kids around each other constantly. And no matter how good your teachers and, and administrators and counselors are, even if we had really rigorous discipline, which we do not, even remotely, if you don't trust me, go find somebody in your local area, whatever state you're in, and talk to them that somebody you trust in education and ask them what's discipline like today. And if they're honest at all, they're going to tell you it's horrific. But even if it was, those really good teachers, counselors, and, and administrators aren't going to be able to watch the students constantly. And so what you're doing is, you know, this idea of inclusion. You hear inclusion constantly today, and, and it has to do with anything from physical to mental disabilities to just different socioeconomic backgrounds. Well, we're going to bring the bad kids up. Well, that's not at all what's happening today. We're lowering the level of character and virtue and increasing the number of vices in our students because what's going on is we're not, we're not raising the lower character or lower achieving kids up to the higher standard. We're lowering your higher character kids, higher virtue kids, higher achieving kids down to the lower standard. And so this is just, all of this is to say, folks, the, the, the kids are, and, and they lose total, really, the, the input that they need from mom and dad so desperately. Those lessons taught about how to be a good husband and father, how to be a good wife and mother, how to function in a home setting, how to function in a community setting, Right. And, and that goes to the two-income family now, you know, and so we don't have mom at home who really was a represent, representative of both dad and mom. And so you were getting both, and now you're getting neither. And so the kids just adrift. Even in the really good families, the kid is getting far more input from suspect sources than from good sources. Pastor, our pastor here talk, has talked about this actually the last couple of weeks, and we've had a gentleman that has uh, graciously volunteered to do our a lot of our Sunday school. We've really been very blessed. We have a number of older members of our church that have done the Sunday school lessons and do a phenomenal job with it. One of them in particular uh, has given lessons during church the past few weeks on the world's going to tell you, take in what I tell you, right? Take in what the world tells you. Again and again and again, you're talking about your phones, you're talking about Netflix, right? All You're talking about music, you're talking about your, your sports and entertainment, which the kids are going to get reinforced because they're around each other longer and longer hours, right? 
and, and the teachers and the administrators and the counselors are, are stressed more and more out and they have less and less to give to each individual student. So more and more of these students are relying on each other from moral direction, which is like the blind leading a blind, right? All of us that are adults that listen to this podcast, you know what it was like. You know how confused and how easily uh, distracted and led down the merry path you were as a uh, preteen, as a teenager, right? Even as young kids. And so this gentleman's saying, hey, you're taking all this stuff in. And if you're not counterbalancing that with more from God through prayer, through the Bible, through wholesome uh, entertainment and interactions, then you're going to come out on the on the shallow end of the pool. And that just makes sense, right? If you eat more junk food and trash than you put healthy food into your body, what's going to happen to your body? It's going to suffer. We all know this inherently. But for some reason, we're not making that connection to our children. And even ourselves, folks, as adults, I bet most of us listening or me talking on this podcast, how much wholesome are you putting into your mind and your heart versus unwholesome, versus really nasty stuff, whether it's you scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever else it is, or what you're watching on Netflix or Hulu or Prime, or the sports that you're watching and the actions of the adults screaming on the sideline or the coaches or the... So you think about all this stuff. Think about your own personal life and what you're taking into your heart and your mind, right? Out of all of those things. And now look at the flip side of the the other side of the ledger. So you think about those things as as detractors. You think about those as... as uh, if we're going to talk about it from a ledger point of view as withdrawals. Now look at the deposit side. God, your prayer life, the time you spend reading the Bible, right? The time you spend with entertainment, if you will, but that's, that's actually that makes you better in some way, whether you're talking about something like the History Channel that, that teaches you or or books that actually increase your vocabulary or your knowledge or learning a foreign language, et cetera, et cetera, right? But the, the positives, and really all of those, if they're not Christ-centered, are, are not positive. You really can't count them, which is the whole argument about having God and Jesus Christ at the center of education. If those principles, if that's not the core principles, it's really not doing you any good. Uh, even if it's, you know, not from the point of view of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even if it's just from the point of view of teaching his principles. So, so look at your ledger as an adult. Is it positive or is it negative? If we're honest here, if we're transparent with each other, I'm going to go out on a limb that I think is a pretty strong limb and say that most of us, the ledger is negative. It's not, it's in the red. It's not in, it's not in the black. It's not good. So now we're adults, and somewhere in the back of our mind, we know how things are supposed to go. Now translate that, transfer that to your kids or the kids that you know, even if you don't have kids. Or if you are a kid, transfer that to yourself now, if you've got the maturity to do that. So what's your ledger? Is it a net positive, a net gain, or is it a net loss, a net negative? 
And so we're going to, we've got a, quite a bit more out of this Benjamin Rush essay, but his point is so valid if you just extend it a little bit. If we don't have these positive interactions, these positive godly interactions in our children's lives, if that's not what they're getting most, then why would we expect to produce good citizens? What does he say there? And we'll end on this. He said, our business is to make men citizens and Christians. And he has a whole section on on female education. He was promoted a female education at this time early on. So you talk about men, right? He meant men and women. That's our business, is to make them into men and women, husbands and wives, citizens of the republic, and Christians. And so anything that doesn't do one of those three things needs to be thrown away. And so you can see real quickly, especially if you're involved in education or you know somebody that is, how much we need to throw away. So we'll come back and talk some more about Benjamin Rush's paper probably a couple more times this week. There's some great stuff there. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.